0: The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hawn. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 13. I am Brian Kilby, and with me, as always, is the man who stands... How tall is Godzilla? About 300 feet
1: Depending on the uh, country and the movie.
0: Okay, the man that stands three hundred feet tall, <laughs> just like his hero Godzilla. The man, the myth, the legend, JT Hogg. How's it going, JT?
1: Pretty good. How are you doing today, Brian?
0: Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, just sitting here, um, dreaming about doing a call-in show someday.
1: I think that could be fun. I think if be... certain people called in.
0: I don't. There's a lot of people that I wouldn't want to call in though.
1: That one guy could call in, uh, your one buddy.
0: You mean diecast?
1: Yeah, if diecast called in, I could uh, uh, set up a place for him at a time, and then I could just whoop his butt all over the place if he's man enough to show up.
0: Oh well, let's let's see. I wonder. If, I wonder if uh, he would do that. So
1: I doubt it. He doesn't look like he's very uh, manly, especially since he shaved that beard. He looks like a little baby.
0: Wow, those are big words. <laughs> Okay, so uh, on this week's episode we're going to talk about uh, Monday Night Raw, March 31st, uh, 2008 I believe. Uh, It was the episode after WrestleMania 24, which is the retirement of Ric Flair. Uh, But first, as always, we have to talk about our gimmick of the week. Uh, Take it away.
1: This gimmick of the week is a uh, special one to me because it was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid, which – Really had nothing to do with. While I I uh, portray the same gimmick as he he did today, uh, just kind of a coincidence how that worked out. But we're talking about Henry O. Godwin, uh, the hillbilly, also known as H O G, which is hog. Of course, I'm H O G G, so I have two G's. But um, does that make you one better? I think so. I th- I wouldn't say that to him because he's six foot four. And he would uh, whoop the crap out of me even at age 52 today. But um, he was uh, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I used to wrestle as him in the backyard with my friend when we were like 11 to 12, to around those ages.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so um, he uh, was actually trained by George South in the Italian Stallion around 1989. Really. And uh, he was known as Mean Mark Canterbury.
0: Any any relation to Mean Mark Callis? uh,
1: I don't think so. But uh, that probably was around that same time too, wasn't it?
0: A little after. Well, no, that's about the same time, yeah.
1: Probably uh, everybody with an M name was probably mean at one point. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But yeah, he uh, formed a tag team with Dennis Knight and uh, started wrestling under the name Tex Slasinger. And um, I don't know if you remember them in WCW, but uh, they were basically uh, enhancement talent, but they made everybody look good. Uh, they used them to get tag teams over. And uh, I, I've watched the uh, shoot interviews on them, and uh, Dusty Rhodes was a real big fan of them. And he made Mark uh, wear a mask because he thought Mark was uh, too good looking to be a heel, like huh. he had too much of a a good face. And uh, so they stayed there for a couple years, and then um, Mark uh, Canterbury made his debut around 1994 in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, he was renamed uh, Henry Ophirius Godwin. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, that was he was a hog farmer from Arkansas, and uh, he'd come to the ring with a bucket of slop. And uh, he came in, actually, as a heel, which is uh, surprising for a hillbilly.
0: He was a heel. I don't remember that.
1: Yeah. When he first debuted, he was just a big nasty heel. Uh, in fact, his first, uh, three or four matches, he was always, uh, scratching himself. Like he was supposed to be dirty or something. <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, would slop his opponents after the match. And then, um, he was, uh, as- uh associated with the million dollar corporation. What? Uh, he, uh, he was with them for a little bit. Uh, he was part of the uh, big pull-apart between uh, LT and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. And um, that was during when like King Kong Bundy was there and uh, the Nikolai Volkov when he had the scents on his tights. And um, what made him uh, finally turn face was he heard Ted DiBiase talking about how he just used them and he wasn't a real member of the corporation because he was a dirty... Dirty hillbilly, and uh, he ended up slopping uh, Ted DiBiase, and uh, this is where he had a little bit of a feud with uh, Psycho Sid, and uh, he actually got a win over Psycho Sid.
0: Oh my God!
1: Yeah, it was a, uh, but it wasn't televised. Unfortunately, it was at a in-your-house pay-per-view. It was uh, one of the dark matches, and um, I think he was uh, one of his best-known feuds was with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And and uh culminated culmin culminated in a Arkansas hog pin match uh with Hillbilly Jim as a special guest referee. And uh do you remember that match at all?
0: I yeah, vaguely. Uh
1: it was a it was a good match. Uh those those two guys uh they worked it really well. Uh I think a lot of people thought it was just gonna be like a funny ha ha match, but it was worked uh pretty serious. And, of course, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley actually won the match. But at the end, Henry Godwin tossed him in the slop. And um, they talk about how just filthy and dirty they were for months afterwards. And then uh, so uh, with uh, Henry Godwin being face, uh, he started having Hillbilly Jim manage him. And um, then they brought in Phineas I. Godwin.
0: I remember that.
1: And uh, they were originally cousins, and they were brothers, which that's not rare for us rural folk. Um, they were known, of course, as the Godwins, and they were uh, they went on to feud with uh, body donnas and uh, headbangers, and of course they had the famous where Sonny was using Phineas.
0: Yeah, to, um, yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> and then it all came uh, came to a head when Phineas finally sops slops Sunny. Yep. And uh, there's an interesting story about that slot bucket. Uh, Henry and Phineas took the bucket uh, before the show and they set it back in the locker room. And they said, now this slot bucket is for Sonny. So don't nobody mess with it. And then they, of course, left the room. So uh, they said there was a lot of extra stuff in that slot bucket that night.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so you can only imagine.
0: Yeah. And behind the scenes, she was a lot of people weren't very fond of
1: yeah yeah and then uh eventually uh they uh f- turned heel around 1997 and um they dropped hillbilly Jim as a manager and they brought in uncle cletus uh for a very short run who? which was
0: yeah who was that
1: that was tony anthony which was also known as tl hooper
0: ah
1: and uh that uh, they kind of uh, adopted more of a like uh, they weren't wearing the shirts with the overhauls and um, had the rebel flags on there, and they're more of an inbred was, redneck person. Was persona. this
0: was this before or after the TL Hopper gimmick was used?
1: This was after, okay. Because the TL uh, TL gimmick didn't work out too well for them.
0: Uh, no, it it didn't. I don't I don't understand why the the the, uh, the biggest thing I can remember him doing was, uh, I forgot even which pay-per-view it was, but the free event before.
2: Oh yeah. There was the, a, yeah,
0: uh, the, the turd in the pool.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was one of the free for alls. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. copying off Caddyshack. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, uh, this, at this time they, um, feuded with, uh, the headbangers and also with the Legion of doom. And, um, they, uh, they eventually they were like trying to break uh road warrior Hawks and neck. And, um, they won the titles a few times. Uh, of course they beat the body donals for the titles, the tag titles at first. And then, um, they, uh, lost the, uh, they turned heel and they picked up the co- title a few more times. Um, they lost it to, uh, LOD and, uh, they f- fired Cletus after this. Oh. But, um, then around 1997, uh, Henry Godwin, um, had his neck broken by a botched, uh, Doomsday device.
0: Um, that's not how I would want my neck broken.
1: No, the, yeah, the Doomsday device is a very dangerous move if you, uh, flip them. Now, a lot of people now go back with it, but of course, the Legion of Doom didn't do that. No, um, in their, uh, shoot interview, uh, the Godwin's, uh, Henry kind of blamed that on Hawk might not being in the best of shape mm. during that time. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, came back in less than eight weeks, even though the doctor told him to come back in around 15. Oh God. And, um, he, he, uh, returned in the, uh, he was in the legendary Brawford all, uh, tournament where he oh, lost God. to Bradshaw on the first round. Yeah. And, uh, then they came back uh, with a really cool gimmick. Uh, they kind of dropped the pig farmer gimmicks, and they were going by their real names and uh, wearing suits called Southern Justice.
0: I remember Southern Justice.
1: <laughs> they were uh, – I think they had a lot of potential. And uh, they were the bodyguard of uh, Tennessee Lee, and then uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, got them to go with him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, But unfortunately – uh, Canterbury, uh, hurt his back, uh, vertebrae again and, uh, had to have a uh, spinal fusion surgery and he pretty much just kind of re- retired. Okay. Um, but, um, so the, uh, Southern justice gimmick didn't even really have much of a chance to get going, but I think I honestly, I think it would have been a pretty darn good gimmick uh they were they would drop the cards down on their opponents after they beat them. Mm-hmm. I could have seen them having some great feuds with the APA. Mm-hmm. But um um Canterbury actually had a uh brief little return in 2006 2007. He was uh wrestling down in um uh, deep south wrestling with uh Ray Gordy and they called him Cousin Ray and they uh, were the Godwins again. But um, they never brought Henry back to the main roster because Gordian uh, went on to tag with uh, Feta or Festus. Mm-hmm. If you guys, if not too many people, try not to remember that gimmick. But um, yeah, he was pretty much uh, done after that. I think he still wrestles some independents. Um, very rarely. I've been trying to actually get a hold of him. Uh, I'm, I've been having trouble. So if anybody knows... Henry Godwin, uh, get a hold of me cause I want to tag with him. It's on my bucket list.
2: Awesome.
1: I, that, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he had a pretty good run. He was part of the undertaker's crew. Um, they, uh, all those guys that yeah. got tattoos, it was like Yoko and Savio and him. And, um, if you want to watch a, uh, pretty interesting, uh, pretty funny shoot interview, watch the, uh, Godwin shoot interview. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Phineas uh, is um, inebriated quite a bit in it. And uh, it's on video of him just uh, smoking certain substances and drinking. And uh, Henry Godwin uh, is trying to talk and tell stories, but Phineas keeps interrupting him. You can tell Henry's getting a little bit annoyed, but he also is laughing about it. But uh it's a it's a really good watch. Um it's a lot it's a very interesting time in WWE because it was right before the attitude era. So they were just kind of going nuts, letting letting people do things they normally wouldn't let them do. Yeah. So, it's definitely a good
0: watch. Awesome. Okay, well, let's go ahead and jump to this week's uh card, which is Monday Night Raw, March 31st, 2008. So, this was a period when I wasn't watching wrestling regularly. Me too. But with that being said, I did watch it uh, somewhat. So I, I was a little familiar with the things going on. Um, actually thinking about it, I did not see this episode live but I have watched it several times, uh, or at least bits and pieces of it, several times over the last uh, several years. And of course, this features the retirement of Ric Flair, so uh, which is the reason I wanted to to mention it, of course, because you know I would take a bullet for Ric Flair. Uh, <laughs> Ric think, Flair's no
1: Tully Blanchard, I'll tell you that right now. Well,
0: uh, I love me some Tully Blanchard, <laughs> but uh, you know I, I am partial to Ric Flair. Uh, so, of course, this is a match after WrestleMania twenty four. And uh basically, the match starts off with a couple with a couple of false starts, but first uh it was really nice hearing uh Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler doing commentary. I really miss them as a team,
2: yeah,
1: they were definitely one of the better commentary teams. I mean, Grill and Bobby are always gonna be my top, but definitely Lawler and uh Ross are up there right. just as. They were just very uh, entertaining
0: together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, though, the um, uh, show started off with a false start uh, with music. Uh, first, we were they were teasing uh, who was it? So it was it was uh, the match the night before. Uh, it was
1: John Cena John first, Cena,
0: Triple H,
1: and then Randy Orton.
0: Yeah, then Randy Orton. Uh, so basically, you know, the thing about Triple H, I had forgotten how much I liked his music with Motorhead. Doing the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great theme. <laughs> Even if I'm not a huge fan of uh Triple H. I I am from time to time. It, it basically it's kind of like uh if I'm in the mood for Triple H, I really like Triple H, but sometimes I, I I'm kind of partially not you know, not for Triple H. But um I, I, I think I, I do love motorhead, so
1: I think Jim Cornette uh would probably say about Triple H is they can't miss you if you don't go away.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think maybe
1: if he went away for a little bit it might be might be nice to see him come back but it just seems like he's he's dominated so much since late uh early 2000s yeah but um i forgot how uh baby faced uh orton looked with hair
0: he well i mean for goodness sakes at this point he probably <laughs> wasn't more than 27 or 28 years old yeah uh, and it's just interesting how uh again, how much younger some of these guys were, so basically, uh, this match, actually wasn't a match. Uh, he came out and kind a of promo about uh, how pretty much people had I guess written him off, uh, but he was the champion, and he was it was the age of Orton, which i I really wish that I really wish that era of wrestling had been called the age of Orton but, <laughs> but what really surprised me was that uh J.B.L came out, and he wasn't a face. Exactly, they're kind of. He was still, I guess, a heel at this point. It was they're setting up kind of like a heel versus heel thing for the title, which which just came off as odd to me.
1: Yeah, well, um, I I kept thinking that or uh, whenever Orton was talking the whole during that promo, I kept thinking he had a 141 and two thirds percent chance of winning that triple threat match.
0: Hundred, hundred. 100. Why how do, how, do, how do you mean?
1: Have you ever seen that uh Scott
0: Steiner promo?
1: Oh yes. Oh my <laughs> god. I get every time I see a triple threat match now I think of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that that was crazy.
1: But um I also too, I forgot uh cuz actually I haven't watched Raw for a while. And um I I kind of forgot, that, like, it seems like almost, they haven't really been doing it as much lately from what I've heard, but I guess uh, Raw, especially during that time, was, like, starting off every Raw with a promo, like a 20-minute promo.
0: Uh, I mean, That's basically what Raw's been doing for the last 10 years.
1: And uh, that's why, like, every, like, uh, bad indie show starts off with, like, a 20-minute promo that nobody cares about.
0: If it's, I, I'll be completely <laughs> honest, at an indie show, when people don't know who you are, they don't care about your promo.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's brutal. I've seen some brutal, brutal promos being on indie shows. It, and uh, it, it's a way to kill the crowd just right off the bat. Uh, I'll give a little insight on booking. Uh, so I like to – I think of myself as a pretty decent booker on certain things. But you always want to book a hot, good match first, which is pretty easy yeah I mean everybody should know that, but you want to print, uh you start it off and then like throw in a throw in a promo after that mm-hmm. give it out a little chance to breathe, but to start like uh start off with a promo is just uh it's it just kills the show automatically, yeah, I don't think it's as bad with like raw because um they've probably already seen matches actually. Um, I don't remember if they taped anything before this, but I'm sure they had preliminary matches or dark matches.
0: Yeah, or they had pre recorded whatever show, the Saturday yeah. show or something. Yeah.
1: But uh yeah, JBL was uh I I, I remembered how much I liked JBL. Yeah, me too. This. He was a heck of a heel. Just uh just a good solid heel, especially during this time. It was de- they were definitely the heel they needed. Yeah. At the time.
0: Okay, so uh, JBL what, what,
1: challenged him and everything, and then he just left.
0: Ah, uh, let's see here. After this, is that when? Um, is that when Matt Hardy showed up?
1: Yeah, that was that surprised me. I didn't remember them having any beef. Of course, I didn't watch it back then.
0: Yeah. So. But, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, I was
1: but, wondering if the uh, the football kick was actually what broke Matt. That horse possible.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so Matt Hardy showed up he was uh this was during the first brand split, and Matt Hardy was apparently a smackdown wrestler, and he was trying to get uh revenge against uh Randy orton, who injured him and put him out for a while uh so yeah, and basically in this at that time um Stephen Regal, or William Regal was uh the uh raw g m and he had to decide whether or not to actually allow a SmackDown guy wrestle Randy Orton.
1: Yeah, they sold the crap out of that uh, Orton kick there for a while. Yeah. that And it makes sense. Cause that's pretty nasty, just getting kicked in the side of the head like that. Um, I remember that took down a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, first match was Crime Time. Uh, they returned to, I don't know if they returned to Raw or to WWF. Uh, but they are defeated uh, guys. I, I used to really like, uh, Lance Caden, Trevor Murdoch. Uh, but, uh, crime time was the surprise team. Do you remember crime time at all?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I remember how big of a deal they made about them. Um, I remember WWE kept saying like Saturday night live type skit wrestling. Like it because I think they got in some hot water, of course, for the, uh, what could be perceived as racial undertones
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) their name is Crime Time
1: (laughs) but uh, it was more um, but I remember they just kept saying like well it's like Saturday Night Live and stuff like that but um, they weren't a bad team either really
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, what was it Um, I can't remember the names of them right now Uh, Crime Time yeah Uh,
0: JTG and Shad that's right uh,
1: I was real surprised that Shad never really amounted to anything.
0: Whatever happened to these guys?
1: Um, JTG stayed around for a while. And uh, I remember he wrestled singles matches. But Shad, once they broke up and he turned heel, he was gone pretty shortly after this. Mm-hmm. He just popped up in my uh, Facebook uh, um, oh, recommend- friend suggestions. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Your friend suggestions have to be wild.
1: Yeah, I get some I get some pretty interesting ones sometimes.
0: Uh because of other friends that I have, I get I see oftentimes I will see people I would never expect to see in my uh uh friend suggestion list, but uh
1: yeah, I get like JJ J. Dillon and oh, that is uh, awesome. Shad Gaspar and uh there's there's been a few up there that's po popped up there. 'Cause I'm friends with uh, like uh Tracy Smothers and Bobby Fulton and Jimmy Valiant. There's a lot of uh heck even Lord Zoltan, he knows a lot of guys. Yeah. So
0: I mean and back in the day when I first got on Facebook I started friending like celebrities. Uh or people that were celebrities to me, like uh Steve Weebe, the guy from King of Kong. Um <laughs> so people like that. Uh but yeah, that's that's kind of funny. So what where do we go next? It wasn't to another match, it was another um it was another promo or something, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was the Shawn Michaels promo.
0: Oh and it was that one was that was a short, sweet to the point promo.
1: He lost his smile again, he, I'm pretty he sure. He lost
0: his smile again. And <laughs> what he was really trying to get across was the um basically the Ric Flair match was a metaphor for old Yeller. Which was what they were leading up to with um, <clears throat> before WrestleMania, and that was basically just uh, he he wanted to you know put an exclamation point uh, or <clears throat> on the fact that he put down Old Yeller, and he said yeah because but
1: uh, Rick Flair couldn't lose for that whole entire time leading up to that right like wasn't every match if he lost it was his last match
0: I I don't remember.
1: Because I remember he was – I'm pretty sure that's how it was going at the time. Like he could, he had to win every match, and that's where uh, this came in, where he, he was set to wrestle Shawn Michaels.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, I did think it was funny. Shawn said that uh, he had a job to do last night, and uh, don't they know that Shawn Michaels don't do jobs?
0: Well, yeah. I i, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was funny too. Uh, but no, like his job was to put down Ric Flair. So. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was uh, – and it was quick, and he said it was just something you'd have to bear, and he he walked out.
1: And then we got a weird, uh, creepy Batista standing in, in the bathroom hall, looking of yeah, yeah. him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because, of course, that was uh, – if if you weren't watching it all back then, there was a, a sort of a four-horseman redux called Evolution, and Batista was a member of it.
1: Well, I think they went with that gimmick for a while that people were trying to hurt Shawn Michaels because he put Ric Flair out after this.
0: That That's kind of awesome. Uh, did we go to the next match or was there another segment?
1: I think, um, it was the next match. It was, uh, Kendrick in London versus Holly and Cody uh, Bob Holly and Co- don't say Rhodes.
0: Yeah. It's just Cody, <laughs> Cody Runnels. Uh, and so <laughs> okay, it's kind of funny. So, um, Cody Rhodes, of course, just left WWE. They gave him his, um, release. Uh, Brian Kendrick is back in WWE now. So that was really interesting to see him when he was younger. Uh, but this was, uh, this was a good match, and I totally did not expect the match to go the way it did.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, it was a very surprised finish. Um, uh, I don't remember London and Kendrick uh, of, uh, winning that much during this period in time. Um, I, they had a pretty good run there for a little while. But um, London, uh, have you ever heard any of his shoot interviews?
0: I don't think I have.
1: I uh, looked them up on YouTube. They're pretty interesting because he does not hold back. He bashes everybody. He says Triple H was jealous of him.
0: I'm, <laughs> sure, that, I'm sure that's not yeah. true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how uh, he hates, like, Matt Hardy. And uh, he talked about how bad it was wrestling Deuce and Domino. And uh, they're pretty interesting. Uh, there's one shoot interview where it's both of them. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick is just looking uncomfortable sitting next to him. Mm-hmm because Kendrick's I'm sure wants to work for WWE again, which he is. Um, but at the time, uh, they weren't working for it. And Kendrick's just kind of keeping quiet and he's got some real, they got some really funny, uh, Crispin wall stories too. Oh, really? Um, about how like, uh, cause Bob Holly and Crispin wall kind of took them under their wings and would make them get up at like, uh, six in the morning to work out with them. And, uh, like they'd go to the restaurant and eat. And, uh, of course, uh, Crispin Waugh would get, like, a a steak and, like, six egg whites. And then uh, Bob Hawley would get, like, 12 egg li- whites and a steak. And uh, London knew he had to eat egg whites, too, so he got egg whites. And then Kendrick tried to order, like, um, waffles and pancakes and everything. And Crispin Waugh looked at the waitress and was like, no, he'll have six egg whites and a steak. So they were uh, – I guess they kind of took him under their wing a little bit. And they were always concerned about how uh, how how in shape they were, but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting. Definitely listen to it on YouTube.
0: I think I need I know what I need to start eating for breakfast.
1: Yes, egg whites and steak.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes was uh, just had debuted after this, and uh, it's kind of an interesting pairing with Hardcore Holly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Hardcore Holly, of course. Was a very tough man.
0: Yep, I, I have his uh, autobiography. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I, I've heard it's amazing.
1: Well, Crash Holly, uh, I, I was I, I went to Crash Holly's school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, Crash Holly was telling me about Bob Holly, and he said, um, of course, he wasn't really related to Bob Holly. No, and uh, they brought him in, and um, he the first time he met Bob Holly. Um, he, Bob Holly walked uh, – he went up to him and was like, hey, nice to meet you, and shook his hand. And uh, Bob Hawley looked at him and said, if you F this up, kid, I'm going to kill you.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And so Crash knew that he had to – better not F that up. Yeah. And uh, he said eventually uh, – he had to earn Bob's respect, but he got it eventually. And uh, Crash Holly had a lot of trouble with um, some of the guys from ECW. Mm-hmm he uh he did like a dark match in ECW and um they like the Dudley boys and Taz were real mean to him um and uh they were just trying to bully him and stuff from what of course this is what he was telling me yeah but um he said well, of course he made it to WWF before they did yeah and uh Bob Holly knew that like Taz uh had a problem with uh Crash Holly so uh, when Taz got signed to WWE Crash was a little worried and uh Bob knew about it so he went up to uh uh Taz and told him he's like this guy's my buddy you F with him you're going to F with me and uh Taz didn't didn't uh, do anything to Crash after that so but uh yeah this was uh this was actually a pretty good tag match i it was. I, and a real nice fast finish so uh and it was a surprise i did not expect that at all it was a uh it was a pretty uh pretty good looking victory roll by uh kendrick on Mm roads like it was pretty yeah and uh of course uh cody was fighting it the whole time um so it looked looked great
0: i i mean obviously i mean he's still got a bright career ahead of him but i i hate that cody Rhodes is uh Things didn't work out. I loved his Stardust gimmick. I mean, I thought he was phenomenal at it. I mean, I know he hated it, but he just owned it, and uh, that's really impressive.
1: yeah, I was surprised to hear he hated it because he did such a good job at
0: it. He did phenomenally well with it.
1: yeah, I don't think I don't know like I don't understand. I guess you have to be in those shoes, but I mean it was it was gutsy him leaving wWE absolutely. And uh, of course, like what's going to happen to him in TNA?
0: No, what's well, yeah. going to happen in TNA? Yeah. By the time people listen to this, uh, TNA may no longer be in business.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so what happened next?
1: It was uh, Chris Jericho against CM Punk. Uh
0: good, good match. And Jericho—I mean, I mean—Jericho wasn't super young at this point. I mean, I guess he was in his mid to late thirties, but he looked so young.
1: Yeah. Yeah, his uh, he didn't. I don't think he had had his uh, chest surgery yet either.
0: No, and uh, <laughs> I mean, just remind. It just reminds me about how good Chris Jericho is. I mean, he he is probably a top ten all time wrestler. I with his longevity, with everything, I would say Jericho probably, in my opinion, probably scratches the top ten greatest of all time.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty possible. Um, I was I was a big fan of Jericho in WCW. Uh, I didn't really care for him as much in WWF, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: but like I had the Monday Night uh, Jericho t-shirt.
0: Oh, Jericho was great. And uh, what made me think about the top 10 of all time is a friend of mine had posted something to Facebook. It was a top 10 list of top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time that I just – woefully, I just I mean I just completely disagreed with it. Uh it was it was basically some guys' favorite wrestlers of all time. It was like, you know, Triple H and a couple <laughs> yeah. uh, like all Attitude Era guys, and I'm like, this list is bad. Uh but of all the Attitude Era guys besides Steve Austin, I, I would probably put Jericho in the top ten.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment I would say. I mean I'm not the biggest fan of him, but um he's pretty funny on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, but, yeah, yeah, so he defeated CM Punk. And this was yeah, CM was... Punk just coming out of ECW.
1: Yeah, I think he'd won the uh, Money in the Bank the night before. Yep. So he was uh, just getting ready to come into his own.
0: And uh, he, Chris Jericho I had come in second. So apparently Chris Jericho had created the Money in the Bank, uh, supposedly in story. And I remember that happening, but he's never actually won it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's really, yeah, he, uh, I'm trying to think all the guys. I think pretty much everybody has won a title that's won the money in the bank except for Damian Sandow, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Sandow threw away the money in the bank, um, which was unfortunate. And speaking of, yeah, he, he's, and he's no longer in the WWE.
1: Yeah, he's like Rex something. Yeah. But yeah, uh Mr. Kennedy won the money in the bank, but he never actually got to defend it. I think he lost it to Edge or something.
0: Ah, oh, is that what happened?
1: Yeah, that now that would be an interesting uh discussion, Mr. Kennedy. The the rise and fall of Mr. Kennedy. I'll have to do some research on that.
0: Do you have any thoughts about this match?
1: Um, that was just it was a really good solid match. Uh kind of uh Every once in a while, stuff that happens in the wrestling ring just kind of makes me like wonder about – because uh, Jericho went for his uh, dropkick mm-hmm. off the uh, second – like, Springbird dropkick, and he missed. And when he hit, he was hurt. Yeah. And uh, that always makes me laugh because, like, if you hit a dropkick, you're fine. Yeah. But if you miss it.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious. But
1: that's just, that's just wrestling. Like, why, why would you – when you throw the guy to the ropes, why would he come back to you?
0: Uh-huh. You know, like <laughs> –
1: that's just stuff we don't question but still makes me kind of laugh
0: uh so I don't have it in my notes I only have the match layout what was the was the next uh was the next segment dusty
1: no the next one was oh yeah actually I don't think I wrote those down out that could possibly be uh dusty talking about like Ric Flair
0: I got emotional I got emotional
1: (laughs) you're a big dusty fan I love dusty well, I do too. I love Dusty.
0: And Dusty's you actually, a good man. Yeah, you actually worked with him. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's a definitely a highlight.
0: Uh, I want to let's let's do a little bit of skipping around too. Let's get the segments out of the way so we can talk about the last two matches. Uh, and I'll save the one that features the last match. I'll, I'll save that last. Uh, there's a segment that uh, I, I, again I thought was really awesome when The Big Show came out and was talking about his loss at WrestleMania and he was getting over the fact that he is the biggest athlete in the world and in a straight up fight nobody could beat him and he said that um at the hall of fame uh he, Rick was talking about um uh, Andre the Giant and then he looked at the big show and said that the big show is the greatest big man that you know he's ever uh worked with and you know that you know that that was a powerful statement and he, as the big show was um as he was uh, about to get emotional the great the great collie showed up and uh I, it was actually really awesome because the crowd chanted to the great collie show is going to kill you
1: yeah and of course you can't wrestle too
0: they also chanted you can't wrestle
1: yeah big show uh big show uh he kind of got i mean he's been He's been pretty successful, but I think he kind of got shot in the foot in his debut in WWF.
0: Yeah, uh, you said he lost to Steve Austin.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've already talked about that, haven't we? Yeah, we (laughs)
0: have. I I didn't remember that.
1: But, yeah, he – and they just go back and forth, like, heel face, heel face, heel face. He's, like, funny. He's mean. He's tough. He's weak. Uh, I mean, they just – they just go way too back and forth on him. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of – like, Jericho's been kind of uh, on that too. Like, how many times has he turned face and heel? Yep. And, um, of course, like, Mark Henry's like that. Uh, but they – I think that's might have hurt him. But you can't really say it's hurt him because he's had a long, long career.
2: Yeah.
1: But I don't think he's as big as he could have been.
0: No, he could have had – Big Show shown up ten years earlier. He would have probably, he would, we we might be talking about him being top ten greatest of all time.
1: Oh yeah, he's an amazing athlete. Yeah, um, i I really enjoyed him in WCW. He was just phenomenal. Uh, shape, I,
0: I, I, yeah, I remember his debut in WCW, and um, I I remember that well.
1: I mean, he was just he was scary and uh he was even like practicing moonsaults at the power plant yeah that's crazy and uh of course when kevin Nash uh power bombed him and almost broke his neck
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh but still even power bombing him like cuz that takes a lot of uh a lot of strength um for both people to be able to do the power bomb mm-hmm. especially with uh somebody that size but uh i yeah i just would i would like to have seen like a alternate history where the Big Show actually met his one hundred percent full potential, mm-hmm. because he would be a mega legend, I think. And uh, maybe the Great colleague would be right next to him.
0: Uh, <laughs> and let's, let's. I think the last segment, the another segment that showed up, I can I can remember his name. Santino. Santino Morella. I want to say Maria Morella. Santino Morella. Uh, had his segment with Maria, who I had forgotten about. <laughs> uh, but her gimmick at this point was uh, she, apparently she was in Playboy magazine, and uh, yeah, they were those they, are gimmicks. yeah they were uh really trying to uh play off that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but Santino had a match like a no holds barred, effectively match, intergender match uh, set up with uh, Maria, and Maria really wanted to get out of it.
1: I love Santino Morella.
0: I. I I I don't I don't like comedy wrestlers so much.
1: I uh, he just struck a, uh, a a chord with me. Um, actually, I liked his earlier stuff the most. I think his earlier stuff was just gold. Um, like uh, he kept calling uh, Snoop Dogg Snoopy the Dog.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't I don't do the comedy wrestlers stuff so much. Just doesn't He, he has never worked for me.
1: Jim Cornette doesn't like him either. Well, I mean,
0: yeah. And I mean, that didn't help. That didn't help my opinion. (laughs) I've never really, I've never really liked the guy. And the fact that he basically ripped off Mr. Saku is unforgettable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I think later on, he definitely lost a lot of his oomph. Um, I liked it when it was more, uh, when he was a heel, I, I really enjoyed his heel run as being funny Yeah, because he was, uh, he was of course like uh talking about how women should stay in the kitchen and uh uh Maria slapped him. Um what he uh he just kept talking about uh how um he was uh, met, uh Snoopy the dog. Yeah. because uh, Snoopy the Dog or <laughs> Snoop Dogg beat him up the uh, night before WrestleMania, which uh he had to take I wonder uh Whenever I see Snoop Dogg trying to beat somebody up, it just it doesn't look real. It's real hilarious! Hilarious. But, um, but I did—I uh, had—I uh, did make a special note for aspiring wrestlers.
0: What? Which is what?
1: Never challenge a woman to a no rules match.
0: We will talk about that
1: because someone will come down and uh, help her.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. So. But
1: yeah, I noticed Maria was a horrible actor, actress too. Yeah. In this. Yep.
0: Uh, so next to last match, Randy Orton defeated uh, Matt Hardy. And uh, I don't know that they went anywhere with this after.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, this had a really uh, neat finish, though.
0: It was it the RKO out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, which, the arc.
0: Which is basically. Which was basically a gimmick in and of itself, and which is still happening. The RKO out of nowhere.
1: I love those videos. Oh
0: my god! Im- <laughs> Imager is full of animated gifs of that.
1: Yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. But he really did. He could hit the the RKO out of anything.
0: He's a great wrestler. I he's yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a huge. He's one of those guys I'm not a huge fan of, but I, he's undeniably a great wrestler.
1: Oh yeah, he's he's such a solid talent. He,
0: he is one of the greatest. He's probably one of the top three or. Four greatest of his generation.
1: Oh yeah, I could definitely say of his generation. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, cause, uh, trying to think some of the amazing, uh, RKO's that he's done, like that one on Evan Bourne um, was amazing Mm -hmm. out of the shooting star press and the one he did to Seth Rollins out of the curb stomp. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, he's just—he's just, he's just uh, so smooth on everything he does. Yeah, everything he does just looks smooth.
0: What do you think about this match? Uh,
1: it was—it was a pretty decent match. Uh, it wasn't real long.
0: No, it was set, well, it was the longest match on the show. Oh, it was, only, oh, se- it was. <laughs> only seven minutes, though.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. We are watching Raw, but uh, yeah, it was—it was a good match. Uh, really got Orton over. Um, Orton wasn't really a, uh, a, a BA at this time. No, he was more of a, what I wouldn't say cowardly heel, but I mean, he wasn't as uh, brave as he normally is.
0: Well, um, yes. We know him now.
1: Yeah. Cause he's like the Viper and sadistic and all yeah. that stuff. It was before he had the voices in his head. Yeah. And, uh, of course Matt didn't hear the voices either. No. I was reading someplace or I heard someplace that Matt Hardy ate a fan.
0: Yes, he did. What I, ha-
1: What was that all about?
0: I, I didn't see it, but apparently, to watch that. apparently, broken Matt Hardy, uh, he he ate a fan. He, I, he like obviously didn't literally eat the person, but he think of a zombie trying to eat somebody. That's how I understand it. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I I don't I, know how I feel about that because it's the the stuff is entertaining.
0: Well,
1: uh, a lot of the stuff they do, but
0: all my friends love it. Um, <laughs> it I, I don't like. I've only watched like a couple things like Final Deletion, which I did not care for. Yeah. And a couple other things. Like I haven't been watching it week to week. I would probably get into it from week to week, but just the snippets of things I've looked I've seen, I doesn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, it's definitely ridiculous. Uh
0: but yeah, so uh last match, um Maria against Santino and uh Jerry Lawler wanted to come in and uh, defend Maria because it was a no-holds-barred barred match. But <laughs> apparently, uh, in story, um, uh, Stephen William Regal had uh, stipulated that the king couldn't help. Uh, so I will be completely honest with you. I really enjoyed this. Uh, basically, all of the Divas came out <laughs> yeah. and uh, basically held down through around Santino, uh and Maria was able to uh Yeah, I mean she she pinned him one two three. And uh with the help of all the divas. And it was as as not a great idea, but it was incredible I in my mind it was incredibly well executed. Uh it was basically girl girl power and uh basically they all come came together to defeat Santino and I guess it was the blow off. I guess that was pretty much uh or at least, in my understanding, that was the intent. Here was just to to, to put an end, to put an end to that. So,
1: well, yeah, Santino, uh, he earlier in the the promo earlier, he he said that like uh, WWE divas don't even belong in the ring.
2: Yep,
1: and uh, it was kind of cool. How they all just like came down. It was just immediate too. It wasn't like <laughs> they didn't wait for a run in nope. or anything. They just came down. The match lasted uh, less than a minute. <laughs> And uh yeah, actually I have a uh, best match on the card of the night. So 'cause it was it was just of course I'm Santino. Yeah. A Santino fan. But uh yeah, after this he uh started doing this the glamorella gimmick with uh Beth Phoenix where he uh tried to beat the uh Honky Tonk Honka Tonka man's record. Um remember the Honka Meter? Not really. Oh, okay. He only got to like week, I think eight or something. He beat the Mountie. He uh, they actually made a reference to that, and uh, this is where he was. Uh, he was also coming out in the microphone and said he had he had just spoke to Jack Tunney.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> Jack
0: Tunney? Was Jack dead Tunney. At that point, right?
1: Yeah, he had been dead for like five or six years.
0: That's <laughs> alari- that is hilarious. I got I got to admit that's great.
1: Uh, Jerry Lawler's like Jack Tunney. He's dead, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I think, yeah, after that. And then uh, once he turned face after that, it kind of, I think he lost his oomph to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the real main event, which is the retirement ceremony of Ric Flair. And Rick came out, gave a nice little heartfelt speech. It was short. Um, Triple H, uh, his music plays. And I, I, I guess... Maybe you're meant to think for a second that there's going to be a swerve, but uh, Triple H basically comes out and says that uh, it's not going to be that simple and uh, that there's some people wanted to you know see him off. And it was the uh, original Horseman – actually, not the original Horseman, I guess, because uh, because uh, Oli wasn't Oli, there. Oli,
1: yeah. Oli ain't going to be there. Nope.
0: Oli, isn't. Oli <laughs> would never, <laughs> never show up. Uh but yeah, it was uh Tully Arn, uh Barry Wyndham, uh JJ was there. Uh I
1: think that was the best four one in my opinion. Yeah, it
0: was. Uh they showed up and then basically everybody started showing up. Uh a- Ashley, uh she was at WrestleMania, uh Charlotte. And um it just it's just interesting seeing her Reed, of course, who passed away a few years ago. Uh it was interesting to see the Flair family and, and Flair's ex wife, of course. Uh, but, but yeah. tons and tons of people came out, and I will admit, I got totally emotional. I get emotional every time I watch this.
1: Well, the Horseman, uh, it was really cool to see the Horseman, and then um, Harley Race came out. Uh, Har- I think he was wheelchair-bound by this point, but he walked down. He walked
0: out. He had help.
1: Yeah, and he had an odd theme.
0: Yeah. I know. Uh, speaking of top 10 wrestlers of all time, he's a top 10 wrestler, no doubt. There
1: you go. And then um, Greg the Hammer Valentine, mm-hmm. which I swear Greg the Hammer does not age.
0: No, no, he doesn't. But uh, Greg and Rick uh, were friends; they were traveling partners. Uh, they 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 definitely have a history together. Some people may not connect the two so much, but they definitely were are, are very tight.
1: Yeah, they were NWA tag team champions pretty early on. Yeah. And um, then uh, Dean Malenko came out, which I forgot he was a Horseman.
0: Uh, he was briefly a Horseman, and he uh, works for the WWE still, as far as I know.
1: And uh, of course, there was no Mongo, which I don't understand.
0: Uh, I'm certain he I'm, <laughs> certain he I'm certain he was not under contract and was not interested in the show, in a spot show, or in a in a in a one day payoff. And when
1: uh, all these people were coming out, I was wondering how long this would have took if they introduced all of Ric Flair's ex-wives.
0: I know. (laughs) We would would still be going if it included all of his one-night stands.
1: Yeah. um, I was watching this, and I just kept – I just couldn't help but think, like, this – I think this would have been a lot more powerful if Ric Flair would have actually retired at this point.
0: Well, here's the thing. I – we, we didn't know he wasn't, we thought it was it. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, he did. <laughs> I, yeah, I, he could I, definitely. I have never watched a single match that he did in TNA. So as far as, I mean, I know it happened, but I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> this was his retirement.
1: It didn't happen. Well,
0: but, uh,
1: and every time he cried, I just kept thinking about, uh, that uh, skit with X Pac, yeah. Remember when yeah. X Pac yeah. was like putting the water bottle on him, yeah. And uh, who's it? Somebody was talking about it in a shoot interview. Like Ric Flair had a talent of just crying,
0: yeah, I'm, at any moment. He 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 can. He cries. He cries. Yes. He, you know, he, the the waitress comes in the morning and asks him what he wants for breakfast, and he, he cries. I mean, that's, that's what he does. <laughs> uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat showed up.
1: Yep, um, oh. coming out to Ultimo Dragon's theme. Was it? Was, that's funny. yeah. Uh, it was cool seeing Ricky. Um,
0: he, of course, of course, course he were, made
1: a little bit of a comeback.
0: Uh, ra- too... was it before this or after this?
1: I think it was after uh, a couple years after he
0: had a feud with, uh, with Jericho, right? Uh huh. Um, and, and according to Jericho, uh, after the first match and after he got some ring rust off, he was that Ricky steamboat, even in his fifties, I guess, as guess at this point was still better than 85% of the rest of the roster.
1: Yeah, Ricky Steamboat was an amazing talent. Ah, uh, Ricky Steamboat
0: um, is amazing. Yes,
1: that darn Steve Austin broke his back. Did he? Oh, I don't know. That was just a feud at the oh, time. I think I... when he hurt his back. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but um, then uh, uh, they brought out everybody, um, all the all the rest in the back. Oh, uh, they uh, like Jericho came out and got in the ring. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird. Like, I wonder why. Uh, Jericho and not some of the other guys got like a special call out
0: i mean it was so it was typically f- close friends, and I don't really know what kind of relationship uh Flair and Jericho had, yeah, it's
1: not like i've uh ever really heard of them being two but, but together,
0: but you look at I mean Flair and Cena were buddies behind scenes. Uh, yeah. But really, their top guys are the – WWE – I mean, Jericho is a top guy at this point. He's, I mean, it, honestly, he still is today. And again, he's a top 10 all-time wrestler in my opinion. So he got special accommodations. I'm certain that's what it was.
1: Uh, and or- uh, I and Ort but Orton didn't either. Um, he was in the crowd. I just wondered if that was because he was a heel. They didn't want to break too much kayfabe. Uh,
0: you're probably right uh I mean, even though kayfabe's not uh, not a huge deal uh they still probably played it up a little bit but everybody else came out uh then uh Rick uh, then uh Vince came out right uh, before Taker came out
1: yes yeah Vince was out there
0: and uh, I, you know i i love seeing Vince come out uh Vince you know got emotional it was it was awesome uh uh Taker came out and uh he and um, uh, Rick embraced, and then uh, Taker did the like that kneeling respect thing.
1: I wonder what would have happened if Taker came out and choke slammed him, and then dragged him to the back.
0: That would have been hilarious. <laughs> but it, would, it would have ruined the moment.
1: <laughs> I think they needed to drag Rick Flair away from the ring, though. Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: But uh, but this, you know. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Ric Flair is the greatest of all time. Uh, if somebody disagreed with that, it would, it would, it would take a lot of... Uh, I, I don't think anybody could convince me otherwise of, of that. So, uh, and of course, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I love Ric Flair. I, he's my favorite of all time. And uh, uh, I seriously get emotional every time I see this or that WrestleMania match, or, and especially the end when uh, Sean says, it's like, I love you. I'm sorry and then gives him the super kick. Uh yeah. that's powerful.
1: Yeah. I've always been more of a Hogan man, so um I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was a, I was a WWF baby. I was so. too.
0: I was too. Uh but I mean, this is really something that that developed over the last 20 years. Uh but yeah, so uh it was super powerful. I loved it. And overall with the show I can't help but think it. The show was a hundred times better than the last Raw show we watched from the Attitude era.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and, and this was this was not not as down a period as it is now for the WWE. But this is not considered a, a high watermark. People, for whatever reason, I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, bash the Attitude era again. But people consider <laughs> the Attitude era like a high point, and it's garbage. Uh, and this is so much better. And uh, I really thoroughly in- enjoyed it. So,
1: oh, I, I will definitely agree with you on that. This was definitely a better episode of Raw than the Attitude Era. Yeah,
0: I feel like I feel like there were more than five matches, but there were only five matches.
1: Yeah, you got your money's worth. Uh, you got some good matches. Um, got some pretty decent promos. You know, it was well structured show. It wasn't all over the place. Yeah, like uh, the Attitude Era was. Yeah.
0: Uh so for next week would you this is something I've actually watched recently well recently lacking in the last 3 years because it was a period when I was watching wrestling again. Uh I'd like to uh talk about SummerSlam 2013.
1: Oh that sounds that sounds good. I I don't believe the I've watched that one. What's the uh, matches on that?
0: Uh, so one of the reasons, like if you, you listen to the people on it, 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 it sounds like it almost sounds like a pay-per-view that could have aired this year. Uh, Bray Wyatt's on it. If it tells you how recently it is. Cody Rhodes, uh, oh, okay. da- Damian Sandow, Brock Lesnar, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, John Cena. Um, it's a good show. And uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, worth watching. Um, I think that uh, it's it's a longer show, of course, because it's a, one of their you know major pay per views. But it's it's definitely worth watching.
1: That sounds good. I will definitely watch that. Um, I want to get a. Uh, we need to get a WCW pay per view in there too. Let's
0: watch it. Let's let's watch a sold out or something at some point.
1: <laughs> I was thinking about maybe greed. Remember that? Did I, you ever have you ever watched greed?
0: I don't. I don't remember that one now.
1: That's the very last one.
0: Uh, how about uh, we do that in the week after next? Don't let me forget next week.
1: Okay, that'll work.
0: Okay, so JT, how do people get a hold of you?
1: You can get a hold of me at um, www.tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. Say the second G with a smile.
0: That's all lowercase, but that takes you to your Facebook fan page.
1: Yep, and you can also follow me on Twitter at, at JT Hogg.
0: And uh this week we actually I set up a uh Twitter account for the for the for the show. It's uh at take four the number four wrestling. I'm looking at it right now. We have three tweets and only four followers, so uh go ahead and you know.
1: I don't even think I've followed it yet. I just got home a little
0: while. I ago, I sorry. literally just set this up today. <laughs>
1: Well, that's pretty good if we already have four.
0: Yeah, that's like, wow, four followers. Uh, but yeah, so uh, at take number four wrestling. And we'll start t- uh, tweeting out our uh, episodes and stuff. So sweet. Well, you can follow me at BKilby, B-K-I-L-B-Y. And of course, you can find me at TF Radio as well. And at tfradio.net, uh, it's home of Radio Free Cybertron, the original and best Transformers podcast. We just celebrated our 17th anniversary this week. I am old. And, of course, if you like the show or even if you don't like the show, um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Take Four Wrestling. Uh, It would help us out a lot, and it would help other people uh, find the show, uh, subscribe, and leave us a review. That would be fantastic. Hashtag
1: hashtag Take Four for
0: Take Four. Yes. I love it. I love it. (laughs) And, of course, if you're buying anything, um, Christmas is coming up, the holidays. uh, If you use Amazon, why don't you use our Amazon link at tfradio.net slash Amazon or go to tfradio.net and click on any of the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you a cent more of anything you buy, but a little bit comes our way because Amazon loves us and uh, it helps us pay for the show.
1: You can get those new uh, WWE zombie figures.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, you can.
1: Which, that's going to be awkward if any of those people die.
0: Well, I mean, they will eventually. <laughs> I mean, as terrible. it sounds, yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. I don't like to think about that, though. Me neither. Uh, but I do like thinking about Amazon, tfradio.net slash Amazon. So uh, next week, again, uh, watch SummerSlam 2013. It's a great show, and uh, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't watched it before. Well, JT, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. We will catch you next week on Take 4 Wrestling.
1: Boom!